0: Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Jura, and I'll be joined tonight by John Sickles. Oh, wait a second. I'm being handed a piece of information. Uh, John is unable to join us tonight due to a case of laryngitis, so now pinch hitting for the Mets, number 77, Charlie, Charlie, Hangley, Hangley. (laughs) Welcome, Charlie.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for that wonderful intro.
0: Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure on the uniform number. I don't know why 77 jumped into my mind, but it did. I, yeah. I didn't want to give that's you... A bit, that's, a, uh,
1: that's a bad number for Mets fan, 77. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, was that K-Rod's number? No, nah, I guess that was 75. So, you know, you um, anyway, thinking, regardless.
1: I was thinking 1977, bad number.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. Ooh. The less said about that year, the better. But anyway, you'll have the chance to make 77 your own. And uh, let's get right to it. Uh, We both uh, watched tonight's game. And, of course, the star of the game was uh, Jay Bruce. He had a big night with a a double and two home runs. And before the year began, you forecasted uh, a big year from Bruce predicting 30 home runs and 97 RBIs. Yet despite that great production, you thought that the Mets would trade him. So I'd like you to talk about his year so far and then what thoughts went into your prediction.
1: Well, um, well his year so far has been phenomenal. I mean, I was expecting a bounce back from him, uh, and it looks like we're certainly getting that. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, putting up the big numbers and thinking he'd be traded, I thought they he would be – okay for the Mets, you know, not anything spectacular. And then they'd move him to a, a, a more hitter-friendly ballpark, which, you know, similar to the one he's been used to playing in in Cincinnati and uh, putting up similar numbers as he did in Cincinnati. I was thinking they'd trade him you know, somewhere maybe maybe even Philly, where he could put, put up the huge numbers.
0: Now we were talking well, that was my... before the show's Right, right. Now, we were talking before the show started, and, and you had mentioned the part where Gary Cohen said, well, I guess he can play in New York. And just talk about the what appears to me the chip on the shoulder that Bruce seems to be carrying here in the early going.
1: He absolutely looks like he's got something to prove. Um, and I don't know if you saw any of the pictures uh, on Twitter or anything like that after the game you know besides wearing the crown which everyone the hero of the game wears every uh, after every win they've also they now also have a robe so oh, go no. <laughs> a, a blue and orange boxing robe to go with the to go with the crown oh so he really looked he really looked regal and he really he just seems to be enjoying himself a lot more than i thought he was going to be and certainly a lot more than he did in september last year so <clears throat> excuse me uh i think um, I think he's definitely got something to prove, and he's making the most of it right now
0: now let's shift gears here, and instead of talking about regal and royalty let's talk about uh, let's call him the court jester, and that's Jose Reyes. Uh, how concerned are you with Reyes, and what should the Mets do with him going forward
1: I'm afraid he might be done. I mean, I, he 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 just doesn't look like the same guy. I mean, even even up to last year, you know, he was still kind of the Jose we remembered, you know, with the, the dancing handshakes and having fun out there. And, you know, whenever he got on base doing that claw lamp thing or whatever it was, you remember that? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And uh, that just seems to be gone. He just seems – I don't know whether it's the uh, – extracurricular off the field things going on in his life or the or what but something is in the man's head I mean I I wish I could put my finger on it but I just I'm afraid he just might be finished
0: well if that is truly a giant fork sticking out of his back what do the Mets do how do they handle third base because it doesn't look like Wright's going to be coming back anytime soon
1: no no um and that's a really good question. Do they do they try and cobble it together with a uh, uh, Wilmer Flores-T.J. Rivera combination? Uh, possibility they could bring up, I've heard, bringing up Rosario and shifting uh, Cabrera to third. I've heard bringing up Cicchini, uh Gavin Chikini, and shifting Walker over to third. Um, you know, I just don't know. And on top of everything else, we may have two kind of semi long term injuries to deal with that came out of this game tonight. You know, we've got of course Lucas he's Duda referring a to Duda
0: with the elbow, to Duda with the elbow, yeah, and Duda. then Travis Darno with the injury to his hand. Now Noah Syndergaard was going to be starting yeah. tomorrow, so Darno wasn't going to play anyway. But it'll be curious to see what happens with uh, Duda. What I heard uh, the early diagnosis was a hyperextended elbow, which is certainly better than, than a break, but you still figure that he's going to need to have several days off because of that. And that might end up being uh, a mini blessing in disguise. It might be the opportunity to either get Flores more playing time or uh, might uh, see Jay Bruce over at first base. Which one would you prefer to see?
1: I would prefer to see right now. I would just, I would prefer to see Flores at first, uh, even against righties, because I don't, I don't get that Bruce has the has the experience over there. You know, I mean, I we saw what it looked like when we when Mike Piazza was there, and we saw what it looked like when Todd Hundley was in the outfield. So in in the in the middle of a season, even at this early stage, you really don't want to be fooling around with putting guys at positions they haven't played. Um, now I get he's been taking ground balls and he played what two or three spring training games there, but you know you just get the feeling that if you put Jay Bruce at first base, he ain't going to be Keith Hernandez, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Well, um, I don't mean to get political here, but when you were saying that, the, the first thing that jumped into my mind was back from the debates when uh, uh, now President Trump would say about Hillary uh, Hillary Clinton, yes, she has experience, but all of it's bad, and that's kind of the way that I feel about Flores at uh, at first base. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's uh, let's not dwell on the negative here. Um, let's talk about uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, we've we've been used to seeing Wheeler pitch well, but not pitch deep. And certainly that's been the case again here so far in, in the early going. Uh, he almost never goes deep into games. How should the Mets handle him the rest of the year with this, uh, proclivity not to go deep into games and plus, a, a burned out bullpen.
1: Well, uh, I worry about the bullpen. Now, now the bullpen's going to get a boost tomorrow night with, uh, with, uh, Armando Benitez, I almost called him with Jerry's familiar <laughs> coming back. Um, Rodian Slip there. Uh, as far as Wheeler goes, I don't think they should do anything different than what they're doing because with his, as you, as you said, with his proclivity to, to, to not go deep in games anyway, that might solve their, you know, innings limit problem for him on its own. You know what I mean? It just might, it might end up paying for itself, basically. It might just happen naturally that his innings are going to be limited because he throws so many pitches. In those innings, so it might it, that might be something that takes care of itself. Now it would be far nicer if we had Stephen Matz and Seth Lugo uh, back here to take his place for when those innings are limited. It's Lugo especially because he could he could take over that long man role. Um, but I don't think they should do anything different than what they're doing with Wheeler, really.
0: Well, right now they don't have much of a choice because, as you mentioned, with the other two guys being disabled, they pretty much have to throw him out there. But before the year started, they were talking about a pitch cap of somewhere around 120 innings. And even if he only goes five innings for start, you know, you hope he makes 30 starts, that's 150 innings. So he blows right past that 120 limit unless something radical happens. Now we hope that uh, Matt's can come back and slide into the rotation, but at this point it's anyone's guess when and if that will happen. But no, let's exactly. move on to the Okay. Uh let's move on to the to the outfield. Uh we knew this was a trouble spot at the start. We've got five outfielders who all think they should be playing and uh no real hitter at, at center field among the five. What's the optimal plan for the outfield situation in your mind?
1: Oh I wish I knew. I would <laughs> I'd call Terry, I'd call Terry up right now and tell him. Um uh I, well what i see you know what, what what might happen and it's i think it's already started to happen is um giving uh grandison a few more days off and playing Conforto and center uh, i think i think that's that might be the um the optimum way to go uh especially with you know grandison really doesn't start hitting until the weather turns warmer. I mean, we've seen that. This is the fourth year running now that he's had a lousy April. Uh, so he's got to wait till the wind stops blowing, really, before he gets good. And, uh, and well, again, the other thing that they're, they're hamstrung by is, you know, the way their bullpen is being used and having to carry so many pitchers, they have a short bench. You know, so it's not like, you know, you, you're going to end up, Burning at least two players if you if you ever put Magaris in. So they, that's three guys besides the backup catcher that they, that they have to use, and you know one of them, you know one of them is an outfielder, <laughs> or two of them are outfielders. So it's a, it's a it's a tough thing until they can thin the bullpen out a little bit. Again, it's another ripple effect of Familia. Uh, they can get Familia back, send a pitcher down, have another reserve up here. That'll
0: help things out, too. To me, we've got five outfielders right now, and there's a clear number five, and that's Lagares. I think you have a mm. question mark of how you handle the other four, and I'm of the opinion that they need to get Conforto more at bats, and I'm not scared to put him in center field. I'd like to see Conforto get some consistent playing time, like you said, while Grandison struggles in, in the early going put Conforto out there. To me, he, he doesn't look awful in center field. And maybe that's just because I don't have very high expectations of him, but he certainly <laughs> looks playable to me there. Do you, do you agree with that assessment?
1: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And you know, if it gets to, too too dicey out there, you've got Ligaris to put in in the late innings to take over for defense.
0: And as we mentioned earlier with the, to situation we may have we may have a resolution with Bruce moving to first, and all of a sudden there you go and It's just a matter of then of if Granderson plays center or if Conforto does and I think I'd rather see Granderson in center not because I necessarily feel he's a better player out there, but just because I think his arm is better in center than it is in right field, but the other injured guy tonight that we mentioned earlier was Travis Darneau who uh, hit his hand on the bat, it looked like, of the Phillies player who didn't get out of the way after not swinging. But anyway, uh, last night he threw down the second base and got his feet all tangled up and actually fell over and ended up having a throw that was about 10 feet off of the line. The throw was so bad that the second baseman who wasn't backing up happened to be in the right spot to catch the ball. So the runner did advance past second, but seeing that awful throw made me wonder if, um, what you've seen from him so far here in 2017, do you think he's the future for the Mets at catcher?
1: Uh, I, you know, I've spent the last three years hoping so. Um, You know, I, I, I I want him to be the future catcher. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I don't know that, I mean, I think his bat plays, but I don't know that his defense does. I mean, I think, I think what happened on that throw you were talking about last night, I think he actually ended up stepping on the plate and, and his spike slipped. And that's why, that's why he, you know, got all twisted up like that and, and ended up scaling that throw the way he did. Um, tonight he made it i mean tonight was a was a freak thing and d'arno seems to be the king of freak things happening to him when he gets hurt <laughs> uh you know it's just uh, i don't know if altaire intentionally interfered with him or if he thought it was ball four and was heading towards first um but he he just he didn't get out of the way and and d'arno got no relief from the ump uh on that one but I, it just—it just always seems to be a freakish thing that happens to Darno that 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 puts him on the shelf. It's—it's—it's it's, it's uncanny. He's it's like a modern-day Pete Reiser, you know. Just the weirdest things just happen, and he and he ends up sitting down. Um,
0: no, I thought I, that. And
1: I, I'm going to go back and say, just give me one second, Brian. I'm going to go back and say, here's why I want him to be the future catcher because right now there's really nobody else until. Uh, Thomas Nito comes up. You know, so, but in that's, other words, there's nobody else. Fun. Now,
0: talking about the play tonight, to me, I, I don't give the batter any flack in that circumstance because he didn't swing at the pitch. It's one thing if you swing and your natural follow-through takes you a little bit over the plate. Then I think that the umpire has to give you – a a little bit of of sway in that situation. But he didn't swing, and he's standing right there where Darno has to be. And I think Darno certainly had a a reason to complain. Now, the injury on top of it, that's unfortunate. But unless he broke a bone in his hand, I can't imagine that being something that's going to sideline him. But as you point out, that's not something that we can just easily dismiss with Darno because it would make perfect sense with everything that we've seen so far in his career. But, you know, we have the same question that we – we thought we would have we'd have, is he good enough defensively because, man, he's hitting he, he's got a, a 541 slugging percentage, and you get that out of your catcher, you, you're going to live with some bad defense, but uh,
1: yeah, uh, oh, yeah' agree. Now
0: we just have to wait on the results and make sure he doesn't have a, a broken bone in his hand. Well, right. let's move I, mean, over I was to the actually bullpen. More
1: con- Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say I was actually more concerned about the pitch he took off his wrist last week. Uh, when he when he weighed Ray Ramirez away on his way down to first base. Oh,
0: that was funny. He didn't want the angel of death anywhere near him. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. But I was more concerned about that 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 was going to end up in a in a broken hammy or something like that than than this thing tonight. But he, he you could tell though he never stopped flexing. You know he was he was opening and closing his fist right. after that happened the whole rest of the night. So I knew he wasn't going to be long for the game.
0: Well, we talked a little bit about the bullpen earlier and of course the bullpen has come under criticism from, from some people with the way that they've lost some games here recently. What's your take on how it's performing and what, if anything, should be changed with the bullpen?
1: Well, I think it's performing as well as can be expected uh, given the way it's being used. Um, I'm afraid the way the way Terry's going so far this year is he's going to have three of those guys on the DL by May 15th because their arms are going to be falling off. He's, pitch, he's, he's, he's pitching these guys every day. I'm surprised Salas didn't get into this game tonight. I was really <laughs> shocked. Um, but as far as what can be done, again, I'd like to wait and see how things shake out after tomorrow night. When Familia gets here, uh, and see see how guys do when they're more you know quote unquote natural roles you know uh, Robles in the seventh, Reed in the eighth, Familia the ninth, you know Blevins for your you know couple of spot batters, uh, Smoker the same way, you know, um, and if Gil Martin stays around, have him, have him being the long man, uh, but so i want to you know before before i can make a judgment on what's what's going to happen going forward i'd like to see these guys in their more natural state when they can be more relaxed and more regular if i can put it that way
0: he's he's charlie i'm brian and you're listening to mets 360 here on blog talk radio we're talking about the the bullpen and what roles they should have moving forward and if we need to change anything And the one thing that gets me is you hear some scuttlebutt about people saying we need to make a trade to acquire a reliever, which to me seems crazy because gotten solid or better performances from five relievers in the pen. And it's kind of hard to say, well, you've got five good guys and that's not enough. How many teams do you think have five good guys? And then you throw, like you said, we haven't even had familiar yet. So when, when our closer gets back, you figure that we can have a, a bullpen that's that's fairly solid six players deep. And, you know, I'd like to see them uh, use Gil Martin as a, tra- a traditional long man. And you have a, a game where Zach Wheeler only gives you five innings pitched, give Gil Martin the ball and and let him go to hopefully three innings. But that's just not the way that the – um, Sandy Alderson Terry Collins bullpen management school shakes out as we've seen here the last however many years so it, it's a little frustrating for me that we have good relievers yet we're still constantly in this state of bullpen being burnt out
1: I agree I agree it's I, I don't understand why Terry you know what Terry does sometimes and maybe you can answer this for me I I I don't know if you've addressed this. Why on earth was Blevins not in there on Saturday night? Pitching to – or Friday no. night, rather. Pitching to
0: Um, Refresh me on the situation, because all of these extra innings and one-run games kind of uh, blend I'm, I'm together sorry. for
1: it, me. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It was Saturday night. Uh, after Silas got the first two outs and then the walk, have brought Blevins oh, when, when Yelich, came Yelich. yeah, the yeah.
0: the Degrom game, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. It, I don't, I don't blame him in that situation for not having uh, Blevins ready for Yelich because Salas has been reliable and he's got the first two guys out. So you need to get guys. I mean, guys need pitches to get ready. They just can't step up, throw two pitches, and go. And I don't think with what Salas has given us so far this year that you, all your your assumption is well he's going to need to be yanked. So I'm 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 willing to give Terry some slack on that. What I would have preferred for to have happened on, on that night was for Degrom to go back out because I thought that all of the planets were aligned. The bullpen needed rest. Degrom was dealing. He had actually done better in his last two innings than he had previously. I thought that the 97 pitches, he had 15 more pitches to give in that situation, and I think the Mets needed the 15 pitches from the starters because DeGrom was more uh, rested than than Salas was at that particular point in time, plus the fact with the, the day off that we had on Monday, there was going to be an extra day of rest for DeGrom. He wasn't going to go on the five days. It was going to be six days. So I thought everything made sense for DeGrom to pitch, and at that point you have you have Blevins ready to come in in case he runs into trouble because then two reasons for that. One, he's your high-priced lefty, and the situation is made for him like you pointed out earlier. And also it keeps uh, DeGrom from adding 20, 25, 30 pitches more to his pitch count already. So I I thought that was the the play to make then. But, you know, best laid plan. No, I'm, no,
1: I'm with you, and apparently, you know, Terry must have seen something tonight because he had uh Gazellman come out for the eighth. I mean, granted, he only threw one pitch in the But uh the uh, crazy he, he only threw one pitch in the ended up it ended up a ground rule double. Um but I I was kinda gratified to see, you know, Terry finally let even with a high pitch count, let him come out for the eighth.
0: Yes, I, I agree. That was uh, an encouraging thing to see. And while he did give up a double, let's not pretend that that was a, a ball that was smoked off of the wall. It was. It wasn't a great pitch, but it was a, a bloop over the third baseman's head that was more well placed than well struck. But, uh, but enough, of about, en- enough of talking about enough of talking about disappointing subjects. Uh, I want to ask you, what's been the, the most pleasant surprise for you uh, here in the early going for the Mets?
1: Uh, well, it's got to be a tie between uh, Jay Bruce, who we've already talked about, and Matt Harvey. Oh my! Am I happy to see Harvey back? I mean, I, I I I expected a I expected a substantial bounce back from Degrom, and Syndergaard. You know, doesn't really have anything to bounce back from. He's been at the top of his game for you know a year plus now. Um. But I wasn't sure what we were going to get from Harvey. You know, you don't hear encouraging reports about guys coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome surgery as much as you do Tommy John surgery. Uh, so I thought he'd have, a, he'd have more of a slog, uh, especially in the early going than he's had. I expected this early season to look a lot like last early season until he got himself figured out. But he has just been marvelous. I mean, even in even in that loss on 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 uh, on Easter Sunday, he was practically matching uh, whoever it was that threw the was no hitting the Mets, practically matched them pitch for pitch. Uh, so that's I mean, if Harvey's ba- if Harvey's back and if he's back all the way, you know, look out, just look out.
0: The interesting thing to me is that Harvey's velocity has been solid. I mean, he's been 94, 95 on a on a fairly regular basis, and it'll be curious to me to if when the weather warms up, if he can get back to the to the 97s that we've seen from him before. And I believe it was Matt Cerrone over at uh, Mets Blog was talking about if Harvey learns how to pitch with lesser velocity, like he seems to have so far in the three games this year, it'll be a lot of fun to have. 97, 98 in his back pocket to to break out when he's up against oh I don't know Bryce Harper who he's always seemed to have really good luck uh, given the the high heat to uh, in in his at bats so um, I, I like the the call on on Harvey being the most pleasant surprise. Now let's move on to crazy predictions. This is something that we started talking about last week here, here on the podcast. And last week, my crazy prediction was that uh, the Mets were going to re-sign Jay Bruce next year. And uh, this year, my, or this week, my crazy prediction is that uh, the Mets are going to call up uh, uh, if, if Jose Reyes still is struggling, the Mets are going to call up uh, your buddy, Gavin Cicchini and move uh, uh, Neil Walker over to third base and I want to see what you th- do you think that's crazy and uh, if you have a crazy prediction for us.
1: Uh, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility if, if Reyes continues to, to struggle. Um, crazy prediction. I hadn't really thought about this. Uh, here's my crazy prediction, and it's along the same lines. Again, Reyes continues to struggle. I think they bring up Ahmed Rosario before June 1st, you know, arbitration clock be damned, and uh, and move uh, as Drupal Cabrera over to third. That's my crazy position. Certainly that's, the,
0: that's the, the thing that's the rumor that seems to be getting the most traction that at some point during the year, uh, hopefully uh, later rather than sooner, that the Mets would do the very thing that you're talking about, but I think accelerating a timetable like you have is is certainly, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say crazy, but it, it's certainly different from, from what we've heard previously. And I think everyone is kind of looking power. at... Oh, absolutely. When when did the Mets call up uh, Conforto a couple of years ago? I mean, it wasn't until very late in the year. And I know that one's a it little different yeah. just because... Yeah, Conforto started the year in, in high A, and then he got a mid-season promotion to double A. So it, it's not exactly the same thing. But like you said, it's just not the Mets' DNA to to push their guys uh, that aggressively. So if, and not only to push them aggressively, but also maybe even to, to risk bumping up against the Super 2 deadline, that would certainly be out of character for these Mets.
1: Exactly my point. <laughs> There's the financial right, I've component a, too, which always must be considered.
0: for the coupons absolutely all right well i've got a kind of an offbeat thing here and in tuesday night's game they showed a picture of the original announcers for the mets uh lindsey nelson and bob murphy and ralph kiner and it's a picture that i think that we've used over it's a picture that we've used over at the blog and it's got ralph kiner with this bright bright red sport coat on Bob Murphy looks like a, a hand-me-down from Lindsay Nelson and Lindsey well, you know, he's wearing one of the Lindsay's suits. And Ron <laughs> Darling said that the, the three current announcers now should dress like that for one night. And he volunteered to wear Ralph's red blazer. Uh, so do you think that uh, our announcers should do that? And, and which one should Keith wear?
1: I thought it was an awesome idea. Absolutely awesome idea. They should do it for one of the throwback nights. Um, and what should Keith wear? Keith should wear, oh, I think the the, the garish Lindsey Nelson, the most garish one he could find, you know, a real Uncle Floyd jacket. It would be, <laughs> I think it would be, uh, I think it would be awesome. And it, and I mean, everybody loves Gary, Keith and Ron anyway, and this would just like bump up their likability quotient that much more especially Keith because Keith doesn't do the clown thing at least not intentionally so he and, i think i think he would i think it would go i think it would go over gangbusters myself
0: and and here's here's my idea to to add along with that in addition to them doing it they should uh auction off the the clothes for charity after the game and then they get to take pictures you, if you have the winning bid on on some of these outrageous clothes you get to get your picture with Keith or or Ron or Gary with whatever they're wearing that night in addition to to getting the clothes and then have the money go to charity how about that
1: Brilliant Absolutely brilliant I I like the way you're thinking Brian this is that's really terrific I like that a lot that's a great idea
0: Well well, no one has ever said that to me, so I think that we have to end the show now. I'm going to do the George Costanza adding, ending on a high note. Charlie, I'd like to <laughs> thank you for pinch hitting here at the at the last second. Uh, I really appreciate that, and uh, we need to get you back here uh, soon on a on a regularly scheduled one.
1: That sounds great to me, Brian. Thank you for having me, and glad to do it.
0: So and anytime you need for for those of. For those of you who were uh, hoping to hear John Sickles uh, tonight, uh, he had laryngitis and he uh, promises to be on with us next week. So please uh, keep, keep, your, uh, keep looking out for that. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Good
1: night, everyone.